Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational The Ruck. FX Pro Super Rugby. Coming your way until August. The biggest season ever. It's Rugby Supercharged. And isn't it nice, the three of us back together, Tony Squires, Matt Burke, Tim Horan, welcome to the two of you, gentlemen. And all in the same place. I know, it's sensational, yeah. isn't it? How are going on, Tony? Berkey, you, you went off to Canada for a couple oh, of weeks, and God. you thought there was snow over there, you are going to ski, and then you, you realised it was the wrong wrong summer. I got sunburned. I got sunburned over there in Canada. What about you, Helmy? You, have you done any flights lately? You haven't done any overnighters? Oh, just a couple, just a couple. I was down in Melbourne on uh, on Friday night for the Rebels game against the, the Brumbies, and uh, we'll talk about that soon. But uh, there's been some pretty good games of rugby around uh, Super Rugby. i tell you what, the Crusaders, jeez, I'll tell you what, they're looking sensational. Yeah, Scary, they are. 51-18, they beat the Highlanders. Timmy, before we were, I was talking to Berkey just a minute ago, just catching up, uh, and he was talking about you, actually, and said what a competitive person you were on the field and that you were very lippy, I think. Was that the word you used? Lippy, yes. Lippy. Uh, didn't mind a sledge. And then he said, he thinks now, of course, you're very competitive, the two of you. You know, Berkey's played 81 tests, you've played 80. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about pace. Who yeah, was the Berkey, quickest? But, yeah, well, it depends who was chasing. Yeah, well, no. Well, you're, talk, you're talking off the field, Tony, <laughs> on the field. Well, we're talking now. He reckons right. he, could, he could knock you off over 60 metres now. Oh, uh, right, he, okay. he thinks 100 could be a bit tougher, both of you. Might vomit after 100. <laughs> After, it depends what was right. I'm just on thinking it. about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you reckon, Berkey? Would you do you think you really could beat him over sixty? Is it a challenge? It could be a, a physical challenge. I reckon. I reckon. Um, It'll be. Te- it depends what's up for grabs, Berkey. True. Uh, I, I reckon your low centre of gravity helmet might get me though. Just the, <laughs> the the weight in the rear might just be able to push it through. <laughs> it's a very big day, of course, and big weekends. The Di- Queen's Diamond Jubilee. Congratulations! Oh, yes. She called me mm. earlier just to see how we're going. Very interested in the show. Listens to it every she, week. She would have tweeted you. She tweeted. She's so big into tweeting. I tell you, uh, I, you boys. Obviously, you know, given the, what you've done over the years and playing in England, have you both had run-ins with the Queen in a positive sense? I, I mean. Uh, Berkey? Uh, I have. We, we've met the Queen a couple of times mm. uh, through the the tours where you, you know, rock up in your suit and go to Buckingham Palace yeah. and the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they have it uh, scheduled into the diary. Uh, Australian team coming in, put mm-hmm. the good silverware away <laughs> <laughs> just in case. I think the manager said to us on our, on our Australian schoolboys tour, so we're 17, 18, and no souveniring. And everyone said, what's souveniring? Uh-huh. What, what does that mean? We've met them a couple of times. It's been great. Um, and, I think, and, Berkey, as you say, when you when the bus goes out, of Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. and you hear a couple of Fords giggle down the back of the bus you think, <laughs> all, all the backs who sit up the front of the bus they turn around and someone pulls out a teaspoon look what I got <laughs> <laughs> with the coat of arms on it exactly alright it is a happy Diamond Jubilee to the Royal Family so much ahead in this program we'll speak to Drew Mitchell also the Wallaby side for Tuesday's test against Scotland will be revealed first here exclusively on this program they're sending us the details even the players have to tune in here to listen to if they're being to picked work out to work that's, out. that's what it was old school really yeah, listen on the radio do you remember we used to listen yeah. Timmy remember we used to listen to uh, like watch the sports tonight to work out whether you've got an Australian team <laughs> Or not. Yeah. I think, I think the, didn't you guys used to ring Qantas and see if you had a flight down there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> you'd, you'd ring your friend from Qantas and say, listen, I booked on a flight uh, tomorrow <laughs> afternoon, around about after 12. Oh, sorry, we can't get that information out, but yes, it looks like you are. Yes. <laughs> so much ahead. Is there a future for the Waratahs? Their six consecutive loss last night. Uh, that's ahead as well. We'll speak with Drew Mitchell. You're listening to The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck.
And this is the Ruckus Sunday Rugby Show. Tony Squires, Matty Burke, Tim Horan are with you. We're going to get to the Waratahs soon. We'll also get to Drew Mitchell. And remember, we will be revealing the Wallabies uh, team for Tuesday's test against Scotland in beautiful Newcastle. We'll also be able to give them some tips. Certainly I will as an ex-Novocastrian mm. on where they should go post-game. Uh, I mean, any, if any of the Scottish players are listening as we speak, I can give you all the, the lowdown on where you want to go to. Uh, we, want, we want them to go somewhere on the Monday night. Maybe the Monday really. night, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. We'll get to that very shortly, uh, some of the Scots. Just a question without notice. Uh, my beautiful wife, Kate, I've just noticed she has, um, she's series-linked being Lara Bingle, that new show. Has it started? No, it starts on Tuesday night, okay. apparently, being Lara Bingle. See, there's a problem there, isn't it? I, I, this is a show that I'm not terribly interested in watching. Berkey, mm. does your wife, you know, your tastes in in uh, television, are they they very different from your wife? They're very female orientated. Your they're, yours, they're, your wife's. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope so. My wife, anyhow. <laughs> um, that's what seems to get recorded on the box as well at the same time. You're right. Yeah. It's it's one of those ones where. Um, uh, As you turn your phone onto on silent, correct, Mr. Professional. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think at one stage there, I did record something that uh, had. Uh, L M V something around the you know all the all the ad, all the the letters afterwards and Kate said what's that I said uh, I got four daughters and 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 you in the house I need something manly if that's the case <laughs> exactly so I'm looking right. forward to getting your report on that time Timmy I'm worried about the Waratahs obviously their season has been over for some time but now they've lost six in a row there's one of those franchises where the pressure really is on now I know that Greg Groudon who's a rugby union writer has been for about all eighty years now. Uh, and doesn't mince words. Now, he's described the Waratahs. This is from today's paper. The Waratahs organisation last night confirmed it is a, quote, second-rate rabble. Now, it goes on to describe how they went and how painful the display uh, last night was, and then in, in the wet, of course, at Allianz Stadium. It wasn't all gloom, though. Thankfully, the Waratahs won't be cited for a month because of the June tests followed by a bye, <laughs> which is very, very cruel. Where to? I mean, how big a clean-out is needed at the Waratahs? Oh, they'll, they'll have to have a big review at the end of the season. Obviously, still three games to go, but Michael Foley, um, as head coach, the first year he- as head coach, and he has mentioned through the week that if the Waratahs want him to stand back and actually be assistant coach again, um, I really think they need to find an international number 10, find someone, go and buy someone, bring someone in, or put Bernard Foley at 10. It was Beric Barnes, a wonderful player, yep. uh, really good brain, uh, can read, it, read a game, but I think his better position is number 12, uh, inside centre, and um, just the way they play. My big cons- biggest concern, Berkey, is that Australian rugby, because there's been so many injuries through the season for Australian rugby teams, it, the, the talent is spread so thin now mm. that we're, we're really struggling to find that next level. And you, once you bring them together as a Wallaby team, mate, no problem at all. Got no problem with the Wallabies. We'll probably win the majority of their games this year. But I tell you what, five teams, when there's injuries, we're stretched pretty thin, aren't we? It's it's like uh, everyone's waiting for someone else to do something on the field. It's yeah. it, and usually it was uh, say player A, B, or C, and those A, B, or C are not there. It's all well and good having Drew Mitchell come back in the field, but you know he's playing on the wing. He can add a lot of chat to it, but in terms of getting the ball to him, that's where the difficulty lies. So look, they're they're, they're hurting the Waratahs, no doubt about it. And you see it on the on the interviews last night with Foley uh, when he's. He's chatting. He's basically saying the same thing and just rearranging his words at the same time. But I'll tell you what, Bergie, it's not, it's not just the coach. To be a very good coach, you need the cattle. And if you don't oh, have the yeah. cattle, you cannot be a successful coach. Yeah. And if you are, of course, a Waratahs fan and uh, you were there or you weren't there and you just want to relive some of the pain, uh, here's another moment from the Hurricanes' 33-12 win over the Waratahs. The drought has been broken in more ways than one in Sydney tonight. Short side. Eaton. Bonus point 
Hurricanes, maximum points, and they are still alive. Oh, good brain. Good brain, but even better run. He looked up, saw it was John Alunia, knew he had him covered for pace, and took off. Maximum points, Hurricanes. Mm. Minimum points, Waratahs. 33-12, that. 51, uh, the Crusaders beat the Highlanders 18. How good were the Crusaders? Oh, they were sensational. Can you see anybody beating them, uh, Timmy? Oh, it's scary. Uh, well, well the, ball, the Bulls and Stormers are going to go very close. Obviously, the Stormers just beat the Bulls 19-14, I think it was, last night. Yep. And uh, Brian Habana scored a try with about 10 minutes to go for the Stormers to win that game. So those two teams will be very hard to beat uh, in about uh, six weeks' time. Yeah, the Chiefs 41 beat the Blues 34. And again, that was nice and willing. There was a bit of uh, swinging going on there, wasn't there? It was pretty good. <laughs> it was good to watch. Aren't they good games, oh, though? They oh. are, in Tense. Don't they throw the ball around? The yeah. three yellow cards there were in that match. Yep. And uh, Ma Nonu up against Sonny Bill Williams. Sonny Bill Williams scored a, a brilliant try. Yeah, Rebels 27 beat the Brumbies 19. Uh, so much ahead, including revealing the Wallabies side for the test against Scotland. You're listening to The Ruck. This is The Ruck. Seemed a little bit cruel. Uh, and, of course, as we mentioned, we'll get the Wallabies team soon. Uh, we're chasing Drew Mitchell, who may be a little bit, uh, I don't know, not quite so happy this morning after the performance of the Waratahs mm. last night. And it was his second game back from injury. At one point, he, did, he was down hobbling a little bit, which is uh, some concern. Uh, Elise Perry, the story, boys, I don't know if you saw during the week. Uh, she's mm. a, an a, amazing athlete. She, of course, has played for Australia at a very young age, both uh, in the Matildas in soccer and also in cricket, mm. and continued to do so. That's the thing that's been most amazing about her career, that she has been able to divide it up until it seems uh, she's playing in the, the, the soccer, the, the, the women's soccer, playing in Canberra, and the coach decided that that needed to be a little bit more professional in terms of the amount of time that she had to devote to it. So therefore, she had to choose. And this is something she hasn't really had to do all these years. She's managed to play at an elite level, play for Australia in two codes that uh, obviously, although they're different seasons, there's always an overlap. Mm. The more professional these uh, you know, these games get. I'm just wondering for, for guys like you who uh, often there are people who, if you're an elite athlete, there's more than one code that you excel at. Now, that decision-making process of what do I do, how do, where do I best focus, sometimes has to be made very early in life and you're targeted. Uh, I don't know, Timmy, A, were you, did you have skills in, in other codes or was anybody you know that had to make that kind of decision? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, with uh, Elise Perry? She's a, she's a wonderful person as well, and she's, yeah, um, so, as you mentioned, such a talented athlete. And um, Even players like Jeff Wilson, um, yep. who was an all-black and also played cricket, um, for uh, New Zealand and yep. um, I, I, people like um, Jason Little who was my centre partner for many years with the Wallabies was an amazing athlete probably one of the best athletes I've ever seen um, coming out of schoolboy footy he he played this cricket for the Australian under 19 team when he was about 16 wow. um, he, he was high jumping for Australia in the junior titles he was four 400 meter hurdle champion um, and he was he was potentially going to go on and continue on and play cricket and he would have easily had you know 10 or 12 years in the Australian cricket team but he just got bored with the way cricket was you know such a long game over a, <laughs> over a day and rugby was about 80 minutes so short attention span yeah I think yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but he could he could play though, couldn't he? Uh, Litz and and you see, well, he, he hit. Um, I'm sure you played a lot of those celebrity cricket games, Berkey. But Jason Little hit um, Ian Botham for six in a, in a in a in a match when he was playing for Queensland Country. I think it was Jason wasn't. Jason was about 16, and Ian Botham was in his prime. Wow, I love that. Both would have been happy about that, oh, wouldn't he? Yes, angry. I think he put the next one around his ears too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, celebrity games, uh, Maddie. You have been involved, haven't you? I have. Uh, I've been involved in too. I saw Steve Rickson at the uh, at the rugby last night, and I recounted exactly. I recounted a a, a game 
years ago when Len Pascoe was bowling at me. All right. And he came in for the first ball, and it was sort of short to the chest. Yeah. He'd and be pushing off the boundary rate, wouldn't oh, he, no, not, that's not at that stage there, but when the ground announcer said, hey, Lenny, I thought you were quicker than that. So he <laughs> just took an extra yeah. couple of steps, and that whizzed past the head. Len so Pascoe, of course, famous for when somebody was uh, making their debut in first grade. I think he and Jeff Thompson both played uh, first grade. Banks down, yeah, they? that's yeah. right. He would come in and bowl from about, uh, he'd bowl no ball, but about three metres down the pitch <laughs> at this first person. He'd go, you know, whoosh, past their head and go, welcome to first grade. Lovely way <laughs> of starting. Uh, it's a good start. But I did really? play another game, uh, Helmy, uh, the, the Bushfire Relief game a couple of years ago now at the, um, yes. at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And, uh, Didn't Elise Perry, did she play in that game as she well? Did, she yeah. did, yeah. It was, it was some great in. names there. It was a Michael Slater... Uh, sorry, a, a Mark Taylor captain team and a Steve Waugh captain team. Mm-hmm. Steve Waugh captain team was um, uh, Dave Warner, uh, Nathan Bracken, uh, who else is there? Matthew Hayden, uh, and then there was Elise Perry in there. I think there's a couple other uh, a couple other cricketers. Mm. Um, Phil Wall was playing on that team as well, and Elise Perry was playing that team as well. Uh, and she bowled, and she got uh, Michael Slater out, caught in gully, top edge, caught in gully. He was happy trudging off too, wasn't he? he? Was. As ever. He gave me a few words of advice on the way out. He said, don't get out um, <laughs> to her, basically. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't picked up a bat for about five years. Uh, you're on the sideline tone and commentating. I was you at the commentating time? at the time, a little yes. chat, mm-hmm. and I got out there on the first ball. I blocked the first one. I sort of had a crack at the second one, nothing. And then Billy Birmingham was on the sideline who, uh, who gave the, the Richie Benno voice. He said, come on, Matt, crack it or something, or, or hit the something out of it. And so I, I chased it and hit her for four. And then the guys behind me were into me. Phil yeah. Waugh and his brother Steve Waugh were standing there. Uh, <laughs> How could you do that? Sledging me. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Matt Hayden sitting at, at first lip. And then she put one a little bit shorter, yeah. and I, I hooked it. And, and went over the boundary for a six. Oh, and top, so edge, they, top edge. Yeah. Top edge, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then, then they started really giving it to me. Yeah. And then obviously the signal went out, like, put this one fair between his eyes, like yes. the next one. And I, I rocked back and put that one over the fence as well. Wow. So, Well, there, the result of that, uh, you know, terrific anecdote, Yes, <laughs> is that perhaps if you've been able to hit Elise Perry for two sixes consecutively... She should just stick to soccer. <laughs> <laughs> this is The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. I didn't say that. This is The Ruck. Right here on The Ruck, your official rugby station, just waiting for the uh, Wallabies team to be announced via this very vehicle. Uh, we'll come to you as soon as it is named. We will let you know. We'll let the Wallabies players, they're sitting huddled around their radios as we speak, just waiting, did I get a go? Did I get a go? They'll be playing in Tuesday, on Tuesday against Scotland in beautiful Newcastle. Uh, that is nearly, nearly, all, nearly all sold out there. I think 30,000 people would be great for the oh, Castrians to see some uh, good test rugby. I see actually Ben Mowen has been called into the, um, the well, Wallaby you, squad you were as well calling for that. So. You were calling for mm. that, Timmy. Do you think that was pl- purely on your say-so? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, no. I think it was just a cover for uh, number eight, Ben McKelman. So it's a good opportunity for Ben Mowen. He, he took it in his stride that he wasn't in the uh, in the side and said, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll prove them wrong. And he'll, he'll get an opportunity at some stage to play. He's been a loss for the Waratahs, hasn't he? I yeah. mean, he's a great leader. I think, you know, if... That was a ra- massive call yeah. to let Ben Moen go and for the Waratahs to then pick up Rocky Elson. Yeah, absolutely right. Anyway, we'll get to that team very, very shortly. We are mentioning uh, just before Nirvana had a little bit of a warble. Uh, was that the, the the condition of the ground at Manly yesterday in Sydney? Where, it, no, look, if you I don't know where, what Brisbane's like today, Timmy, but uh, it's miserable again here today in Sydney. Uh, when you're a kid, you'd wake up and if the radio didn't say your footy was cancelled mm. and it was belting down, it was so exciting. Was the great, notion of running out in bucketing rain and sliding all over the yeah, shop. See how far you could slide. Yeah, yeah it was brilliant. As you got older, you think, oh, do I really have to go there? When you're a grown <laughs> man like you, uh, suddenly you're confronted with going out in minus eight degrees uh, when it's bucketing sleet. It wasn't an attractive option. What's the worst conditions you've play- endured? I, I think... Uh 
mine was in Newcastle, as in the UK, Newcastle, mm-hmm. and we were playing uh, Wasps who had about eight blokes out through international duties. Chill blends. Exactly right. <laughs> um, wet deck, uh, freezing cold wind coming through, and, uh, and, the, and the, the referee said, I'm going to call this game off. And our chairman said, we are playing this game, meaning because they've got an understrength yeah. team. Uh, basically, we had a kick to win the game, and uh, and I my arms were blue. I couldn't talk properly. My legs were, were literally frozen. Mm. And uh, and I handed the kick off to the, the reserve kicker, and I walked off the field straight to the shower, fully clothed, turned the shower <laughs> I didn't on. didn't even stay there to I didn't watch stay the there to watch the kick. Turned the shower on zero, which felt like boiling water, as in like, you know, the cold one to ten. And I heard the cheer, and I thought, yeah, great, we won. Uh-huh. That's probably the coldest I've ever been in, in a game of rugby. Just oh, we, had one in, we had one in Christchurch in, in the early 90s um, in Super Rugby time. I think it was Super 10s at the time. And we played against the Crusaders at Carisbrook. And, uh, sorry, at um, Amy Park it was then. And um, Amazing, because there was about 30 people watching the game. They had some wonderful players in the Crusaders. Mm. And it, it was the chill factor was minus 12. <laughs> it was it was sleeting. And we went out there. It was funny, but it was Illy Taboo. Remember Illy Taboo, the uh, great back rower from mm. Queensland, also uh, the Wallabies as well. Played about sort of 10 or 15 test matches for the Wallabies. A human skewer, they used to call him. Cut people in half on the field. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, with 15 minutes to go... He said, Timmy, Timmy, I play no more too cold. And he just kept walking off. <laughs> I said, Illy, come back, come back. And he just walked straight to the dressing room. Yeah. And we had no reserves, but they were all huddled up in the uh, in the boxes. And then, But I knew we were in trouble when the St. John's ambulance men, who were always on the sideline at every single New Zealand game, <laughs> 10 minutes to go, they packed their bags and started walking <laughs> off as <gone>. well. <laughs> you hear the siren as they drive off very, very quickly. Oh, <laughs> you talk about local rugby yesterday, uh, uh, Tone and Manly taking on Eastwood at Manly Oval and, and the cricket pitch, as you said. Yeah. I remember playing a game at Gordon uh, years ago, which is the same. It's a cricket oval, and, mm. and the pitch in the middle there, same thing. I remember st- uh, starting the game from the middle. It was like a quagmire. Like your, yeah. your boots just get clogged with mud, the whole deal. And the referee going, um, here you are. And, and as a back, you know, you want to keep everything nice and pristine. Clean. Absolutely. Yeah, you want down. to keep the boots. So I walked to the edge of the square, and he said, no, you've got to come to the middle. I said, mate, I can't drop the ball. I ended up doing a restart. It was about a 70-meter restart <laughs> just to get the ball across to the other side <laughs> of the park where it was from. It was just ridiculous. But you've got to put up with those ones. Did you... Conversely, when it goes, when it's summer, and it's yeah. well, not summer, when it's hard and dry, it's like it's like under eights. You're running around, you're running yeah. outside <laughs> oh, the square. Yeah, but don't, don't the groundsmen hate it though when there's cricket and rugby on their field? Yeah, like I, I, there was one groundsman years ago. I remember walking up to the referee to check our boots, and the groundsman came up and said, "Oh, listen, uh, ref, can you just try and keep them off the centre square today, if that's okay?" <laughs> you know? Well, whoever the groundsman is at Manly Oval right now will know his work is cut out for him for the next six months because that ground is just rubbish as we speak. Uh, we're going to get to the Wallabies team, but we'll be announcing very shortly. You'll hear it first. Uh, get the insights from Tim Horan and Matt Burke, Wallabies themselves, right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. Sharp-dressed man, that is ZZ Top. Uh, speaking of sharp-dressed men, Tim Horan. I saw him during the week, uh, Berkey. Uh, when, he's, when he's suited up, he does... He he takes pa- lot... Do you have the patches on the elbows? No, no patches. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. He takes a lot of pride in his appearance, doesn't he? Was he like that as a, a player? Because you were talking before about, you know, when the, the, the ground is a bit damaged mm. and muddy and it has a back. Hey, you, you don't like to come off the field with any grass or stains on you. You see, you see Timmy was the quickest to get changed because right. he didn't have to worry about his hair at the same time. It was just the helmet. Just, it just have a shower, just, just <laughs> go <laughs> straight back. <laughs> What about in uh, Ducks here, back? It was, I, it was, I was water off hair. <laughs> I was seeing a story uh, when they were building Wembley Stadium, yeah. um, the new Wembley Stadium in, in England, in London, and the first game, they had a trial game there. I think it might have been Arsenal v Man United just to see how everything was going, and the players complained 
that there was only 10 PowerPoints there for the hairdryers. They wanted 20 <laughs> PowerPoints for after the game. <laughs> Love it. All right, we are going to the... Uh, it's almost Eagle has almost landed that Wallaby side for Tuesday night. We'll uh, go through that with you very shortly. Before then, though, uh, let's get some local scores. The Queensland Club Rugby, uh, and what's going on there, Timmy? Yeah, GPS 26 beat the Gold Coast 10. Brothers, a great win against Uni 24-21. A close one there. West beat Sunnybank 30-16. And East beat North 29-13. The South Sunny Coast game got postponed. It was about a metre and a half of water on the field. So no game there. Be played in a few weeks' time. <laughs> Berkey, uh, now I noticed in, in, in your column, uh, which has about 80 words, and uh, there's a word, Matt Burke, so large that you don't need any other words, that you were talking about this international season is just about upon us. So mm. we, as we say, Scotland is on Tuesday night, then the Welsh tour begins at the weekend, three tests tour. Welsh, Wales, of course, Six Nations champions. You, you're talking about the timing of, of this international tour, given it's the back end of a very long season for the Welsh. For those guys, and, it, and it's always difficult when you do go overseas and, and play, the, uh, play the respective test matches, uh, and you, always, you just have to take the, the England team that came out here in 1998, Timmy, and we put, I think it was 76 on them. Uh, it was always difficult for us to go at the end of the season. You have a break, and then you've got to get back into it again. So you just wonder if they could just time it better, if they could get the guys at the back end of their season to come straight across there. Um, will it ever happen? No, I don't think so, because you know the, the, everyone will blow up about the, the timings and scheduling and the rest of it. But it'd be great to have, uh, it'd be great to have teams battling each other who are the same... Full strength. You really only get of, it. Level of fatigue, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly right. Full yeah. strength. Yeah, well, I think that the, the Welsh... Well, the International Rugby Board now has said that in these inbound tours um, for these three games, you have to bring out your best team. So the Welsh have got... You know, they've got a very, very strong team. They've come out there. Uh, they're full-strength team. And uh, it'll be some great matches because there's some wonderful players. Phillip's the halfback for, for Wales. Mm. I believe currently he's the best halfback in the world. And Will Genia is so close behind him. So that match-up at, uh, at nine for those three test matches... Um, starting next Saturday uh, in Brisbane, we'll, we'll be certainly one to watch. And Berkey, you go back to when when England did come out here and we beat them seventy six nil or whatever it was. And Johnny Wilkinson, that it was his first Test match uh, at the old Lang Park. And can you remember when the old Tony, when the four X push up boys used to do a push up <laughs> for every point that was scored, yes. <laughs> and they had to repeat it. So you'd score a try seven nil, you do seven push ups, score another try fourteen nil, had to do fourteen push ups. <laughs> uh, they got to when it was about fifty two nil, and the biggest the biggest cheer on the night was when they rolled over and started doing sit ups. <laughs> they couldn't do any more push ups. You know? uh, I love it. All right, we'll get to the Scottish team as well, but certainly the Wallaby side uh, about to be announced. You'll hear it here next on the Rock. This is the Rock. You somebody. That is the Kings of Leon on the Rock. We're about to announce the Kings of the World. Men who are about to become Kings of the World being handed Wallabies gold, Wallabies jerseys for the test against Scotland to be played in Newcastle on Tuesday. I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to tell David Pocock because he's hearing it here first. Uh, Western Force Skipper, that he's about to become the 79th man to lead Australia in a test match. He's been selected to captain the uh, the Qantas Wallabies for Tuesday night. All right, uh, Timmy and Matty, you have the side. Why don't you go through it for us uh, from the backs there, Tim? Yeah, there's uh, potentially a couple of new players, new caps in the backs. Uh, Luke Morahan is at fullback at 15 for the Queensland Reds. Digby Ioani at 14. Anthony Fanger is number 13. Mike Harris, who people thought he may have played playing fly half, is playing 12 at inside centre. Yep. Uh, new cap for Mike Harris as well. Joe Tamani from the Brumbies will fill number 11 spot. So great effort from him. He's, he's been playing sensational, the big fella. Beric Barnes from the Waratahs at 10 at fly half. And Will Genya at halfback from the Queensland Reds. So really strong backline. Luke Moraham will play his first um, test as well. So 
Um, playing Scotland, obviously, uh, for the Hopetown Cup for the Castrol Edge Rugby International. So, Berkey, what about the forwards, mate? There's some new boys in the forwards by the look of it as well. Yeah, numbers one through eight uh, run like this. James Slipper from the Reds, uh, Stephen Moore, Dan Palmer, who's a new recruit. Um, they'll lock up the front row. Setaliki Tamani and Nathan Sharp will be in the second row. And as you mentioned, David Pocock is captain uh, at open side. Dave Dennis gets a start, which is a, uh, yeah. which is a great thing as well. And Scott Higginbotham locks it down at number eight. All right. Uh, what about the bench then? Uh, a couple of new new faces as well. So, you know, so Fienga is uh, there at number 16. Ben Alexander, Robbie Simmons, um, Michael Hooper, Nick Phipps, Pat McCabe, and Adam Ashley Cooper. There's some good calls the there, I think. Like, Sidlecki Tamani at, at lock is a wonderful selection, I think, from Robbie Deans. He's got some size. He's got some attitude. So, um, especially with um, the likes of James Hall being out for an extended period. Now, you've got to try and build those ranks. Nathan Sharp will play his 102nd test match um, going past David Campisi who played 101 test matches. He scored 63 tries and made two tackles, Campo. So he's a bit <laughs> past David Campisi and I think he joins Stephen Larkham on 102 test matches now. Right. Now, obviously all respect to all these players who are pulling on the Wallabies jersey on Tuesday night. Is this, given that this is a Tuesday night test uh, and then Wales, I mean, now Scotland and I'm not going to discredit Scotland, but they haven't won a lot recently. Uh, we're playing them Tuesday night. There's a test against Wales on Saturday. Is this, this probably then isn't the best, I mean, there's no Quade Cooper there. It's not the best side that uh, Robbie Dens could have picked for I, this game. No, not at all. And, and I think you you have to look at the, the, the product of why perhaps it's not the best team. You, you've got the, the the games being played previously on the weekend, as in our weekend, what we're talking about now. Yeah. Uh, so those games, those a few of those guys are going to be struggling to, to back up. Then you've yep. got a turnaround of a four-day turnaround to to chase the the Welsh, and, and so in effect, they'll be running two teams um, yep. with a, a number of these players hoping to back up or at least stake a claim to go again. So uh, guys like uh, Timmy Ben Robinson, who's been outstanding for Waratahs, uh, you know, obviously will be in around that squad. Yep. That will take his position, uh, you know, next week, for example. Yeah, interesting to see guys like uh, and, and the other the players in the squad, like Ben Lucas, not picked. Uh, Dom Shipley, also from the Queensland Reds, had a good season. Ben Mowen still sits uh, in the squad. Um, so you'd say that there'd be a different team that will run out certainly against Wales on Saturday night. Had this game been on Saturday night, just gone, be a totally different team. But mm. the likes of, I think they've realised from last year against the losing that game against the Samoa. Robbie Dean's realised that you actually have to have a sprinkling of experience yep. and, and current test players in that side. Yeah, and given that I, uh, during the week I heard Andy Robinson, of course, the Scottish coach. Now, as I said, their record of late hasn't been great, yet they, they've managed to ambush Australia in the past, and he's described what they're going to bring on Tuesday night as chaos, which I love. <laughs> they're going to bring chaos, which is always a difficult, difficult thing to defend against, I think. Do they have code names yeah. like <laughs> 99 sure. and 73? I'm not sure, but how do you, uh, Timmy, how do you see that, that contest going? on Tuesday night? Oh, the Scottish will be out there just to spoil the party. They, uh, they'll play an unconventional style of game. They'll move up in defence. And Andy Robertson, as you mentioned, Tony, who's the coach, used to coach England as well yep. a fair few years ago. So he's had some pretty good success with Scotland. Um, struggled a little bit through the Six Nations, but they've got some, some younger players and, and players that will certainly will be quite hard for the Wallabies to um, dissect how they're going to play. But there's a lot of players in the Scottish team that are un- unknown. So it'll be a good match. There'll be 33,000 people on Tuesday night in Newcastle and the whole Wallaby squad will be there before the game signing autographs as well. So 
get out there early. All the Novocastrians and Tony, I'm sure they'll I'll be, be um, up there. Yeah, get, uh, it's a great game. Yeah, Dan Fanny's later on. It's going to be sensational. Newcastle <laughs> will turn it on. The brewery. Is it the brewery as <laughs> oh, well? The brewery is a big place right down the harbour. Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, so much ahead. Uh, the show, look, time is running swiftly from us, but it's the radio segment that all of the world has been uh, copying. It is around the world in 60 seconds, and it's next on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. Head call check, Grace. This is The Ruck. Sadly, our time together has run out, but you know what? There's always time for this. And now it's time for Australia. Australia's favourite radio segment, hosted by Australia's favourite radio and TV man. After his performance on the rugby club during the week, he's into the 47th line of betting for next year's Gold Logie. It's time for Around the World in 60 Seconds. With the one, the only, 80 Test Wallaby, Tim Horan. Over to you, Tim. You're already 25 seconds in, by the way. <laughs> Oh, I reckon I'll get five seconds today. Wales beat the Barbars 30-21 to 21 over the weekend. James Hook inspired the win for the Welsh. Then they jump on a plane and come out and play Around the Wallabies. Around the world, huh? <laughs> you don't hear much from Antarctica in their rugby program. Where's this voiceover, man? I want to find him. I'm going to chase him down. Matt Giddo plays a semi-final today in for Toulon in France to try and make the final. Gets good luck. How's the Cuban first 15 going, Tim? Huh? Huh? Uh, we'll give him something. Hey, what about... Um, uh, Hayden Smith, Hayden Smith, the Aussie, playing for the New York Jets. Um, yeah. Hopefully try and get down to the 53-man well, roster. And that's about it, bang, we're gone. That's all we have time for on Around the Rugby World in 60 seconds. A huge thank to our host, Tim Horan. Uh, nice if work. Tim yeah, signs nice. this new eight-figure contract, he'll be back again next week. <laughs> Beautiful work, Timmy. Beautiful work, Matt Burke. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on The Ruck. Go those Wallabies on Tuesday. And we will, of course, rejoin you next Sunday morning. Get out and enjoy your footy. See ya.